everyone. Welcome to another episode of We, Us, and Ours. It is your host, Charlotte from Chicago here, and I am just beaming with excitement over this episode. Today, we are going to have a conversation with our friend Bob Goff, and man, if you don't know Bob Goff, then you are in for a lovely surprise, because I am convinced that Bob is one of the coolest people on the planet. He is adventurous, hilarious, he loves people well, and just always makes the most out of life. I know you are going to be encouraged by this conversation and probably get a good laugh in as well. So without further ado, here's our friend, Bob Goff. Hello. Good to see you. Hi, Bob, how are you? Doing okay. It's been a good morning. Yeah, great. I'm so excited to to have you here. You have been such a pinnacle point in helping this podcast come to flourishing. So it's so exciting to have you on as a guest and just to get to spend some time chatting with you. Uh, well, I'm delighted to get some time with you and you have inspired a whole ton of people and I'm one of them. Oh, you are so sweet. So for anyone who doesn't know you yet, they're in for such a great surprise. But can you give a little bit of background about who you are? Because you've done a million and a half things, but... Yeah, well, first and foremost, I'm Sweet Maria Goff's husband. And then we have three great uh, kiddos, and uh, two of them are married, and one of them has a girlfriend. And uh, we live in San Diego for most of the year, and then uh, part of the year, we live in Canada for about three or four months out of the year, and we bring people together up there that are trying to sort some stuff out in their lives. So we've got a place that's pretty remote that we help them do that. And it's also a place for us to catch our breath. And I write books every once in a while. So that's a great place for me to do that too. And then we spend part of our time out in a a place you and I've gone to, which is called the Oaks, which is a retreat center in San Diego. It's out in the hills. And, uh, And that's been a great place. So we've got horses that are part of that. And so we're always in the process of acquiring one or training one or something. So we've got a new one on this morning. Uh, so we've got a, some somebody on a 20-hour drive to get that horse and bring it back. So we're always up to something. Incredible. Never never a dull day in the golf household. I, I love it. And I think one of the coolest things when I first heard about your house up in Canada was hearing about how you get up there. Because yeah, each way is kind of different too. We there's the the last stretch of the journey is a uh, hundred miles uh, on the water because it's just super remote. Uh, it's not near anybody. You won't pass a house for a hundred miles. Uh, but the first part of the journey, we mix it up. Sometimes uh, we'll drive up there. I bought a 1971 Volkswagen bus once and we drove the bus up there. Uh, Another time I bought three Harleys and my boys and I got on the Harleys and we drove them up there. Another time we'll we'll just like get get a little plane and fly up there. And so it's just been half the adventure is getting close. And then the other half of the adventure is getting there. (laughs) So there's a, a life lesson. Like you spend most of your time getting close and the rest of your time getting there. Absolutely. And if that isn't the perfect metaphor for the fact that life is 
not just a point end point, but it's the whole way of getting there. It's incredible. And so how long have you had your pilot's license for? Gosh, I think I must have gotten it maybe 18 years ago, something like that. I had a plane a lot longer than I had a pilot's license. <laughs> <laughs> so the way to get in and out of there is uh, by a seaplane. And, um, and so I liked airplanes a lot and I was a lawyer. So I thought, oh my gosh, we could start an airline. So we just did. And uh, the thing about an airline, you need an airplane. So we'd gone through all the different steps. And the last step was get the airplane. So we bought the airplane from all these different places, the wings from one guy and the fuselage from somebody else. And the thing about seaplanes is they hit stuff. So there's always parts. <laughs> so we put this uh, plane together, kind of scrabbled it over, see, see if we could put all the missing pieces in. And then we had an airline. And then we had a five planes, then we had 10 planes, then we had 15 planes. And so it's been really fun, these adventures along the way. Uh, one of the things I've learned is not to over-identify with any particular adventure, uh, but to engage and enjoy all of them. So just because I started an airline doesn't mean I'm an airplane guy. It's just a guy who liked airplanes for a while. Just because I've got some horses at this place doesn't mean I'm a rancher. I'm just a guy that's got some horses. Just because I've got a camp doesn't make me a camper. And just because faith is important to me uh, doesn't mean that every conversation has to be about faith. So for each of us not to over and under identify with the things that are attractive to you, but to just be fully engaged at the moment. And then when you're off on the next thing, then just be delighted and engage that. Absolutely. That's so, so incredible. And the way that you said it could not be said any better. But I think that a lot of times we kind of struggle with identity because people like to put labels on us or we put labels on ourselves. And I know you've talked about how everyone pictures you with a million balloons behind you. And that's a big part of you, but that isn't all of who Bob is. And I think that that's really encouraging to hear for a lot of people that a label doesn't have to fit you anymore, that you don't have to be exactly what people think. You can just be where your feet are, which is something that you've really encouraged me with is just be where your feet are, whatever season you're in. Yeah. And just because you're going to college and somebody says, so tell me about yourself. You don't have to say I'm a college student. That's what you happen to be doing. Uh, occasionally if you're going to the classes, but it isn't who you are. And just because I have a, practice, a license to practice law, it doesn't make me a lawyer, just something I know how to do. Um, and so uh, we don't need to talk about geography and occupation. We could talk about dreaming, like you're a person filled with whimsy and full of joy and super engaged. And so that would be the descriptors I would use rather than job titles and uh, initials that get behind your name somehow. Absolutely. I love it. And talking about dreams with you is, is, is so fun. And I think one of the most impactful things that you have ever said to me was, I know you were speaking to a room, but it was one of those things that felt like it was spoken right to me. And that's how you can tell a good speaker, which you are an incredible speaker. But the fact of hearing the words that I don't need permission to go after my dreams. And I feel like a lot of us think that we need permission from people. We need permission from our loved ones, from our friends, from society to go after our dreams before we can start taking those steps. But 
you and I both know that that's not the case. And I think just hearing that you have full permission wherever you are in life to just start wholeheartedly running after your dreams right now is just incredible. I think sometimes you get a little head fake because you read about a job that you want and it says, what are the requirements? And they'll say 10 years of experience in Mm -hmm. (laughs) something you don't have 10 minutes of experience in, but you have this big ambition to get there. But what if life had this application that they gave you in the labor and delivery room? And when you arrived, you like stamped your foot because you didn't know what your name was. So you couldn't sign it. And, uh, and it took a hundred years of experience as a prerequisite to going and living your life. That would obviously be ridiculous for a whole host of reasons. Yet, sometimes we act like we need to have all this permission, all these resume building things. Is it important to have experiences? You bet, but you're constantly building your resume. And so don't let some employer uh, put some artificial barrier, which says five years of experience, just say, well, I have a parallel experience. I don't have identical experience. <laughs> so mine is parallel. What I've been doing since I was 13 is, and say that it's parallel. That got, that's got to count for something. And I think people will admire your pluck. <laughs> They'll just admire that you had the go for it because there could be a person that's doing a lot of that and has been doing it for a long time, but they're living a uninspired, not go for it life. So I think uh, I think we just need to just stop asking for permission. I just don't think you need it. Uh, when you pull up to a uh, uh, intersection and another po- car pulls up to the intersection, this is like DMV question. Like who has the right of way? Usually the person on the right, but whoever whoever goes first. Yeah, or whoever has the biggest car. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she wouldn't say the biggest car, the most thrashed car has the right yes. of way. The one that has all the fenders dented in, like you just know they'd be like, I'm going to just let them go first. And so what if you just drive, like think of your car as a big dented up pickup truck and just say, I'm just here. And so the rules of the road don't apply to me. I have like the biggest thrashed car that doesn't look like I'm insured. And so everybody's going to let me go. <laughs> so just pull up with your bad car. Yes, absolutely. And I think what also brings me back to the story about how you first got into law school of sometimes we get a lot of no's before we get a yes. And I think it's really encouraging to hear that sometimes when we have these big dreams that there's going to be people that say no, but that doesn't have to mean that it's a a no in general, but the fact that it's a, okay, I just need to work a little hard or go a different angle at this. Totally. Yeah. I just think that idea, I'm just going to jot down, look like you don't have insurance. (laughs) (laughs) So when we see it in the next book, we'll know where it came from. (laughs) Right here. So one of the things I've noticed about people that are living engaged and noteworthy lives is that they take notes. I know you do. I know I do. If you're having a conversation with a friend and you say something that just tickles your funny bone for a moment, then just write it down. Just say something like, look like you don't have insurance. I think that's just kind of this thing. Is that going to be like a tat that I put on my face? Probably not. But is it a phrase that I might put in a book? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it'll come up again. And as I look out over my day and somebody says, how was your day? I'll look at all the emails I sent myself. 
like look like you don't have insurance or just say like live like you don't have insurance. <laughs> I don't know. Just like riffing on an idea, not just for the sake of riffing on it, but to say, can I get more clarity and perspective in aviation? It's called situational awareness. It's knowing where you are compared to where everybody else is, but in a positive way. Uh, the negative term that we give to it is that we compare where we are compared to everybody else, and that becomes a distraction. So under uh, this idea of situational awareness, just know where you are compared to everybody else, but not because you're trying to compare. You're just trying to be aware of them so you don't hit them. <laughs> you actually get where you're going. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And so one thing that you brought up was writing books. And that's something that I know a lot of people have aspirations to do. You've written a few and they've they've done pretty well. That's actually how I first got connected to you a few years ago was someone told me, hey, Charlotte, you have to read this incredible book that I'm reading. I was like, well, I'm not really a huge reader. Maybe I'll buy the audio book. And I did. And what a great, great decision it was. But what kind of advice would you have for someone who's thought about or dreamt about writing a book, but says, you know what, I don't know if I'm qualified for it? Oh, well, get started. I don't know all the people that were writers. Uh, like, do you know if Hemingway even went to school? I don't. It doesn't matter. Like, what he did is he got busy. Uh, whoever was that wrote Harry Potter, I know she has a British accent. Uh, but that's all I know about her. There's no qualifications. Now, brain surgeon, I want to see a certificate on the wall. <laughs> I just don't want to see a scalpel in your hand. I want to know that you've done this. This isn't your first rodeo. But when it comes to writing books, it actually can be. Uh, so to just get in there. So uh, you and I have talked about this idea when you're writing a story to write something uh, relatable then something important, then spin it. In other words, look at it from a new camera angle and then don't resolve it. So you can just think of that, if, whether it was Jesus, you know, it's two sheep and one gets away. Like that's super relatable. And then to say something important about that. Don't say something predictable, like, uh, you know, always be the sheep that returns. <laughs> that's what that be a Sunday school answer. But just talk about the one that didn't go. Um, what about the, the sheep that didn't go, not because it was noble, but because it was crippled. Say like, wow, that's actually a lot of us would be, I want to make a noble turn on it, but it's really I'm crippled by fear. You go like, wow, I, that's actually kind of an interesting way to think about it. Then don't resolve it means don't have a hallmark ending because my life doesn't have them, yours doesn't have them. So don't make your stories have them. Uh, you can just end it unresolved. And so she said, next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> she I said whatever it. she I'm... needed to say. Yeah. Exactly. And I think one of the most encouraging things that you've told me with us aspirations to writing, because I am a much stronger speaker than I am a writer, but what you encouraged me in it was just start writing a thousand words a day. They don't have to be great words. I think the term that you used was dumpster of words. Just dump it all out and then that's that's just where you have to start and you'll get better as you go. But you just got to get into the habit of at least putting some skin in the game and starting. Bingo. So remember, we were talking about permission. What were we saying? Like, how did that go? And if you're listening to this podcast, you go like, oh, I forget now. Oh, something about the card to your right. 
Oh, yeah, something about like be the one that looks like you don't have insurance. And so just as an illustration, we'll just forget. Uh, we forget where we are. If you want an exercise in multitasking, the myth of multitasking, you say like have all of your listeners say the first three letters of the alphabet, like ABC, then now the first four numbers, like one, two, three, four, the next two letters, you go like, let's see, D, E, and now the next two numbers, like five, six. And what you need to do is say you're really, uh, if we tracked what was going on, you're saying, have to rethink where did I leave off so I can start again. <clears throat> so when it comes to writing, clear your mind of everything, answer all your messages, do whatever that's going to take you away. And then just like put your rally cap on if you need to, you could turn on your, your hat backwards and just say, okay, I'm just writing. I'm not going to write and eat pretzels. I'm just writing. And that'll be super helpful to you. A friend of mine uh, uses an egg timer. He just sets it for 20 minutes and he says, I just want 20 solid uninterrupted minutes. You could do the same thing if faith is important to you. Just say, I want to reflect on my faith and how I put wheels on it. If travel is important to you, say, I want 20 uninterrupted minutes about thinking of the next place I'm going. Whatever it is, just don't try to multitask this. Now, I'm engaged in a lot of things. I made an offer on a horse I've never seen this morning. When I saw a picture of it, it looked like a nice horse. I'm like, well, I'll find out soon enough. I've made houses on offers on houses I've never been in, but I feel like I had enough information, even though I didn't have all the information. And so too for us, like most of us have enough information, like about if travel is definitely one of your many strong suits and you've got all the information, actually the rest of it's kind of fun. Don't you enjoy kind of learning as you mm -hmm. go along the way? Yeah. Yeah. I think we we're never going to get all the green lights that we want in life to feel comfortable. And being comfortable, I think, is is overrated. One of my favorite quotes is that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So taking just a few, a few green lights and saying, okay, well, we're going to take that next step and take that leap. And especially through traveling, there have been a lot of times where I have not gotten all of the green lights. And I look back and maybe could have done something smarter. Um, I think one of the biggest travel mistakes that I could have done better was landing in a new country that I've never been to at 12.45 at night and then having to take public, public transportation to my hostel as a young woman by myself. I'm like, hmm, see, I could have probably planned this a little bit better, yes. but <laughs> we learn from it. And I live to tell the tale. And honestly, uh, while I was waiting for the tram, this was in Helsinki, Finland at one o'clock in the morning. The sun had just set because it's one of those midnight suns in the summer. And two homeless men came and sat next to me on the bench on both sides. And I'm thinking, this is potentially where I die. And they sparked up a conversation with me in Finnish and then switched to English. And they're like, oh, are you traveling? What have you been up to? Where are you from? And people are so inherently good. And I just think that that's something that people really, really need to think about. And we, us and ours here, I think one of the biggest, like, I don't want to say slogan, but big mantras that we believe is that all strangers are a new potential friendship and you live that life so well and just the way that you love on others and you've told me so many countless stories of how you've met people around the world and that's something that I know a lot of people aspire to and I think that's because you just 
keep your head on a swivel for opportunities and new friendships left and right. That's it. I think the the whole idea uh, of being surprised along the way, it's why the uh, presents are wrapped on Christmas morning. Otherwise, you just put a bunch of junk under there and save some wrapping paper. <laughs> but it's why they're wrapped, uh, that there's uh, like a surprise piece. I, I've had a couple of surprises I've, uh, in a former life when I used to speak all the time at places up until January of this year. I uh, uh, Turns out there's two cities named Portland. There's Portland, Oregon and Portland, Maine. <laughs> and I got sent to the wrong city. So that one's hard to bounce back from. There's Nashville, Tennessee, and Nashville, Indiana. <laughs> There's Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. I mean, I would think <laughs> with all of these confusions, like it's just going to happen that you'll just make a mm-hmm. mistake or two along the lane. Wait, give yourself a little grace. Uh, to just say there's a lot of things that are named the same that aren't the same. And so maybe you could just riff on that idea. That would be a great thing to say, like read and read is the mm-hmm. same. And I know, like I can barely spell cat, but one of the things that they look awfully similar, but they're actually not similar. And what can happen is we have our authentic life and then we have this uh, life that looks similar, but it's not your authentic one. It's the difference between Portland, Maine and Portland, Oregon. And they can, couldn't be further away from one another. And I guess what I want to do is get really authentic in the conversations we have and the thoughts that we say so we can just sync those up a little bit better. You're not doing it on the wrong coast in your life. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's something that happens to everyone. The first thing that I thought of when you said that was I studied abroad in Paris back in 2016. And I don't speak any French, like at all. I showed up to France speaking some Mandarin Chinese and English, and that's about it. And I just said, this is the adventure that I'm feeling called into, so I'm going for it. And on one of the first nights there, I had still no French under my belt. We went to a restaurant and we asked the waiter, oh, parlez-vous anglais? And he goes, no. We're like, okay, so we're going to figure this out. Because he's a Frenchman, he, he had an attitude. Yes, and he... He gave us a menu only in French. And I said, you know what? We're going to toast to our first full night in Paris. Let's order some champagne. Well, I figured out in French that champagne and champignon are very different words. Champagne means champagne. Champignon means mushrooms. So I tried to order champagne and I ended up with a pizza full of mushrooms. And of course, I hate- That's a killer, yeah. I hate mushrooms. And I just sat there with my plate and I was like, this is what my life's going to be for the next six months. And we're, we're going to learn. But it's a, a great story that I can laugh about now. And France has been one of my favorite countries, but I will never make that mistake again of champignon and champagne. Yes, I remember in Amsterdam trying to kill some time in between a connecting flight and I took the uh, the train into the city and I said, is there like a coffee shop near here? And like, <laughs> I didn't know that's where you smoke weed. Like at, like coffee <laughs> shop here is like Denny's, you know, like you just get a cup of joe, but yep. not so there. But I, I think what can happen with our lives, they're very similar to that. So maybe even if you had somebody listening and wanted to be an aspiring 
traveler or writer, you could just take that uh, writing prompt. You can say, what are things that seem similar that aren't? The difference between bubbly and nasty mushrooms, the difference between weed and like just (laughs) bad Folgers, Uh, the difference between Portland, Maine and Portland, Oregon. And you say like, wow, that's really, that's really true. The difference between if faith is important to real faith and religion. So you could just these would be really rich things to write your experience into and to say, so how do I see life? And then speak with your most authentic voice. That's what writers do. They're just lo- looking for prompts all the time. This would be one of the things I wasn't thinking about things that sound similar until you and I were talking about. And I guarantee I haven't thought about Amsterdam in a really long time. <laughs> but now I'm going to write a chapter about it. Yes. And that's, that's the best part, I think, with life is just being aware of the situations that come up so unexpectedly. And you and I have talked about this. And I I shared with you before that I had just got these new street signs that say Whimsy Street and Yes Boulevard. Yes, come on. That that's just what I want to where I want to live my life is the corner of Whimsy and Yes. And I think that There's so many beautiful opportunities that life has to offer, but you're never going to see them. They're never going to say, hey, I'm going to be here in so many days. They just show up and you have to be aware and ready to see them and just say yes. And I think that's something that you have done so beautifully and that you help others figure out their dreams and talk through it and kind of find those next steps. And I think one of the coolest dreams that I've been seeing from you is the the oaks and it just looks like it's such an amazing place and getting to experience it for myself but as such a safe place for people to come with their whole hearts be present where they are and just lean into the dreams and the seeds that have been planted in their hearts so how how long has that been a dream for you before this really came to flourishing well it actually wasn't a uh ambition of mine to own a camp in Southern California. Ambition was to be present uh, for my grandkids. And so as soon as I became a grandpa, like that, what you were talking about, the head on a swivel started and started looking for opportunities. What can I do right here? So uh, opportunities that were available to me were to speak in Orlando and Georgia and Boston and Dallas and all that. But those really weren't meeting the needs that I had. I wanted to be present right here with my family. And so uh, when you know what what it is that you want for anybody listening, that's where you start having the breakthroughs because you start looking for something that you want. Like, you know what you want. I want to be in San Diego. I've eliminated dealing cards because I'm like, I'm not a card guy. I've eliminated lifeguard because I'm not, I couldn't swim a mile. But when this camp came up, I'm like, oh, wow, I could just like get the camp and we could fix it up and make it nice. And it's become more than a passion. Oh, since uh, you were there, we just found there was a guy that was selling this zillion dollar grand piano for 1500 bucks. So now we have a grand piano there. I wasn't aiming for a grand piano. I just wanted it to look awesome. So that theater that we have, now has a grand piano in it because it just looked great. I wasn't thinking about a grand piano. I wasn't in the market for a grand piano. But when things come up and you know what it is that you want, you want to set the vibe, you want to be placed, then you'll know what to do next. It's really uh, for each of us to get some clarity on what you want. If you're like me, I want many things. 
So pick the category, uh, faith, family, fun. You and I have done that a lot. Uh, everything with an F. Finances, even philanthropy, though it doesn't start with an F. But filibuster does. So to say for uh, my family or the family I have, like the one I was born in, or the family that I'm making, that circle of friends, not only the people I've made, but then also the friendships I've made. You just go like, oh, what do you want for those? Uh, instead of just talking about the people you've made, talk about the friendships you've made. Be like, that mm-hmm. would be somebody who was a writer. They would write that down. And they'd say, I want to talk about that for a second. And to be your head on a swivel for those opportunities as well. Absolutely. I think that's so beautiful. And it's incredible that you and I have have talked about that I come from a small family in general. So for me, I've grown my family outside of blood and just had a lot of friends and you're someone that I consider like family and your family is now like family to me. And it's just amazing that I think so many people just are looking for more family. And so connecting with people and just being authentic, it really builds those relationships. And especially in the craziness that we've had in 2020, it has been just beautiful to see how people are committed to staying connected when you can't be together physically and how many new friendships have come from 2020 just because people are looking for a way to support each other more. And I think people are more the same than they are different, no matter what backgrounds and just loving people the way Jesus loves us and just loving others Everybody always, as one person would say. (laughs) And part of this is being just mindful about what makes you light up. I'll show you. I've got an Apple Watch on. And this Apple Watch will say what your heart is doing. Like, so this is what my heart is doing now. It's got like the little, like, whoops, there we go. This is what it's doing now. This is what it was doing before. And can you see, like, my heart's beating faster? And that's what it was mm-hmm. doing before. So when we started talking, my heartbeat just went up. Isn't that the coolest thing? To say, yeah. just to be mindful that you just go like, this it lights me up to be doing what I'm doing. I think if you have an Apple Watch or some knockoff or something, just be mindful what lights you up and what doesn't. And I do less of what doesn't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> Absolutely. And just be looking for opportunities to say yes to the things that you and another thing is that we've talked about is sometimes you don't know what doesn't light you up until you try it, you know, and you you just have to dip your feet into things and you'll never know until until you try. I remember you telling me how you went skydiving with one of your sons and how you weren't really sure about that, but you wanted to just spend more time. I think it was with Adam, right? And you just wanted to spend time That was a a really rowdy minute and a half free falling together. But there's something just really beautiful about that. So you could do it once and observe, but this was something that he had an interest in. And because he had an interest in it, I had an interest in it. And that's the way our friendships work. I'm sure if you started doing spin art and putting it on your walls, remember that where you drip the paint and it's kind of splattered? Mm I'd want to get a spin art thing. As a matter of fact, just thinking about that, I'm going to put that on my list of things to get. Little Ellie up at camp is eight years old. Mm -hmm. And so I think that would blow her mind. So gosh, for 20 bucks, I can have one of these things delivered by Amazon. It's probably already on the porch. They just heard us talking about it. They knew (laughs) I'd want one. 
So what if we do those things? What if we find some things that are ambitions for ourselves, but we also find things that would be beautiful additions to other people's lives? Instead of telling them what to do, just get them spin art. Go get like somebody a horseback riding lesson. Go do they. So I found a lot of uh, my ambitions in helping people find theirs. And so mm-hmm. there's some uh, silly game. What was it called? Oh, something phrase, catchphrase. And so mm-hmm. you put a couple of batteries in it and then there's a phrase and then everybody has to figure out what you're thinking. I'm going to send like three of those out to people today. Just because somebody showed me this game, I'm like, that's awesome. So I'll just take so much delight in knowing that somebody who might not be that great at communicating to their kids would have this and they'll have a good afternoon. Mm -hmm. That is one of my favorite games. Just saying my slight competitive side comes out, but that is such a great game. I, I love it. And it always gets busted out around the holidays. So perfect timing. So there's time. This is my pitch for Amazon. Like just go get a couple of those. So if you look at the uh, board games I've got, like I've got everyone and board is the right name for games. So B-O-R-E-D. Like I'm just not a board game guy, but my kids are. And if they are, I are. (laughs) I'm like, I'm in. If they want to make pizzas, I'll grow the tomatoes. Whatever it is that gets me in the vicinity and engaged. So the thought here is, Uh, not only pursuing our ambitions, not waiting for permission, uh, but to look like we have permission or we don't need it. We got that beat up pickup truck. To find the things that people are involved in that you love, get involved in those things. To find Mm -hmm. your ambitions by helping people with theirs, taking delight in the spin art or the catchphrase, whatever it is that gets you in the zone. And then to just remember that the packages come wrapped. And all the best Mm -hmm. ones do. Sometimes relationships come wrapped, but don't wrap the things that you're doing in a bunch of drama because uh, drama is just a buzzkill. It just distracts us. It brings us away. And particularly around the holiday seasons, drama can be something that just takes you out of the room and out of the season. So I just kind of put a bubble around, like we kind of have a, a rule around here. Like this is like a no drama zone. Like 100% kindness, 0% drama. I love it. I love it. And I I kind of want to wrap up with one fun question because you and I are, are both such travelers. And this is my favorite question to ask everyone that I meet. But if you could travel to one place in the entire world, money didn't matter, time, distance, nothing, where would you go? Oh, what a great question. I think I would have to ask myself first, do I want it to be a uh, like a fun, chill adventure? Like you're just, there's just nothing going on. You're just sitting on the sand somewhere. And that can be perfect if you're writing a book or need to reflect on some things. But I think my uh, inclination would be towards something that it's not an adventure. It's just to look for clarity on something that's happening. Syria, so much has happened there that we really don't understand. So I'd like to move it from there, North Korea, uh, not like on a dare and not to be like a, uh, you know, uh, like a tourist who's pursuing civil unrest, but to educate myself so I understand what's going on. China, like, so I would just take all the people that are in countries that are in the news and to say, is there any way I could intersect 
what's going on in world events a little bit more by having a firsthand look. So if you hear about the Gaza Strip, it would great be great to be thinking when I was in the Gaza Strip, this happened rather than, uh, and the same would hold true for Cleveland. Um, I, the same would hold true for Buffalo. If you have a, a reason to want to understand what's going there, to just go there. So I think my top ones would probably be some of these uh, cities and countries that have been in the center of a lot of problems. I'd love to go and have a clearer idea uh, what's going on I, with uh, so much has gone on for so many years with the Palestinians, but to go sit in a Palestinian camp in Lebanon with Palestinians that are trying to understand their their circumstance and understand their hopes and the impediments in front of them. That's actually, that makes me feel like I understand this blue marble that we're on a little bit better. I love that. And if there's anyone I know who can make it there and make friends along the way, it's you. Well, I hope that if you're listening, you'll be uh, not only pursuing Charlotte uh, and tracking with her, and this isn't an infomercial, but to find a trusted voice and then uh, to follow along. Uh, because once you've gone somewhere once with somebody who you trust, then you won't feel like you need permission the next time. You know, actually, all you need is just the hotel you're going to stay in, like the way you're going to get around. It's like pretty minimal, but it feels like an important minimal to find somebody that can point you in the direction of those first things. And then think of it as a scouting trip. And you can go back a dozen times later, but go with somebody you trust the first time. And I trust you as a guide. If you were going there, I know that you'd have it handled. Well, thank you. And we'll definitely be taking a trip together someday. And I'm inviting myself up to Canada at some point. We don't know when, but at some point. <laughs> the first so, lodge on the right. Yes, amazing. And so for I'm just so thankful that you've gotten to spend some time chatting with us and how can people get connected with you if they want to see the Oaks? Because I cannot recommend enough checking out a dream big retreat and really leaning into these ambitions that we have on our hearts or to read one of your books. Where can people get connected with you? You know what's so neat now uh, with these days, if you put anybody's name in and just Google them, that all this stuff pops up. <laughs> That's why you need to be like living your, your life above reproach because all this stuff would pop up if you didn't. So yeah, if, if you just plug in Bob Goff, you'll find out what I'm up to. Uh, but, but more important, I'd want people to like plug in your name and see what uh, Sharla <laughs> from Chicago is up to. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And it has been such a pleasure having you. Yes. Yeah, see you at the corner of Yes and Whimsy. great was that? I think one of my favorite things about Bob is his laugh. It's so contagious. I recommend all of his books, Love Does, Everybody Always, and Dream Big, but especially the audiobook version so you can hear more of that contagious laughter. But what I love most that Bob talked about was about having the right of way with our ambitions. Chase after your dreams with the confidence of that huge car that claims the right of way at a stop sign. You have full permission to run after your dreams, whatever they may be. Thank you all for listening and a huge thank you to Bob. We hope you have a great week and hey, go make a new friend this week. Like we always say, 
all strangers are a new potential friendship. <laughs> See you next time.